every single marketer and every single brand should be attempting to earn a disproportionate share of conversation. If you work for an organization where they say, bring us a chart that goes up and to the right, you have a challenge. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. I am here to inspire you, to excite you, to motivate you, to transform you, to energize you. Hello and welcome to Pipeline Visionaries. This episode features an interview with Karen Flores, VP of Strategic Events at Okta, a software development company enabling organizations to securely connect the right people to the right technologies at the right time. In this episode, Karen talks about how Okta is augmenting its portfolio to meet the needs of their customers, how customer stories are always the greatest asset in any marketing campaign, and what it means for brand personas to be more connected than ever before. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Qualified. If you're a revenue team that runs your business on Salesforce, Qualified will accelerate your lead generation, pipeline, and ultimately revenue. Learn more at qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Karen Flores, VP of Strategic Events at Okta, and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Pipeline Visionaries, live at the Pipeline Summit here at Dreamforce. And I have a very special guest. Karen, how are you? I am good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am just... Great to be back. Great to be back. I know you were here last year. (laughs) Yes, I was. On the main stage. It was hot, 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 if you don't remember. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So hot. (laughs) The fire alarm went off. The fire alarm went off. (laughs) Yeah. The hot takes, hot content. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're back. We are. A year later, obviously a lot has changed, Yeah. but a lot stays the same here in the B2B marketing world. For our listeners, tell us a little bit about your current role at Okta. Sure. So it's great to be here again. Love to be with the qualified family. I run for Okta our C-suite engagement, so our customer experience center, our executive programs globally. I also run our strategic events, so all of our flagship portfolio, and our industry presence. Hmm. And, you know, obviously a lot has changed in the past year. How did that sort of... How has that worked for, for, for you and in that role? And, and it seems like executive presence and all those programs, like more important than ever now, really. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about it this morning because I knew we were going to be together. I, I think a lot has changed in a year. And I think a lot of that depends on where your company is sort of in its trajectory and its growth. And I remember last year we were sort of talking about, you know, are the industry third parties dead And I I remember having some conversations about, you know, I think some of the big industry events really had a hard time ramping after COVID. They didn't do their digital presence that well. But now we're sort of in this economy where, at least for us, net new leads are super important. And so we've kind of done this pivot back of let's look at our industry presence. Let's look at what's going on at the watering holes and how do we kind of attack that space and be creative and sort of get at filling the top of the funnel again. So... A lot has certainly changed there. And one of those things, now I have to give a plug for this, is that Caspian and Okta are now working together on the Mistaken Identity podcast. And so it has been really fun. Obviously, Okta was a Caspian customer before this, and now, you know, again, on on working on the show. And what I have to say is working with your team and working on specifically identity and customer identity being so important. And I feel like we didn't really know our customers as well as we thought we did two years ago. 
And we found that out kind of the hard way. Agreed. And so working on the show with y'all and working with product leaders who are talking about how well they know the identities of their customers has been really fascinating. Yes. You know, our CEO, Todd McKinnon, always says identity is its own category. Identity is, but think about AI. There is no AI without identity. And we all we do is identity 24-7. It's more important than ever. It's a really exciting time to be in the identity space. And, you know, Okta started off in the workforce space, and now we're into the consumer space with our customer identity cloud. So really, we call it better together, the merging of the two worlds. But it's a fascinating time, and it's an important time. We take what we do super seriously. And, um, you know, we're on a mission to free everyone to use any technology safely. And identity is at the core of that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you view that sort of strategy and going forward with those two, those two different, like wholly different sort of products, but obviously like both sides of identity, which is like super fascinating. Yeah. Well, especially when you think about my portfolio, you know, when we have our customers participating with us in our flagship events and in our portfolio events, it's really important for us to let our customers share their stories of success. So you have a workforce customer. I happen to be here with my head of customer marketing, we work very closely together on this, of really allowing the customers to share their stories, share their struggles, and see how they're solving together. And it makes a huge difference in the way that we market, in the way that we engage with our customers. So it's not always Okta talking at you, right? It's us fostering these conversations with our executives through our executive programming. And really to be, to give a plug since we're here at Dreamforce, you know, that's a staple of the Salesforce marketing mentality too, right? Right? Everything is about your customers, customers first. Let your customers do the talking and all the goodness happens from there. Yeah, another thing working with your team on the on the podcast side that has been really fascinating, which I think a lot of marketers are really trying to figure out, you know, their their customer identity you know, better, right? Like you you can never have enough information. You can never talk to your customers enough. You can never do enough customer interviews, you know, from that side of things. But also digitally, it's so important to figure out what they're like, what they're watching, what they're listening to, like the types of things that they're looking to you for. Like, how do you think about that as a marketer? I mean, I know this word is used as overused over and over, but it's true. It's all about personalization. I think we as consumers, right, we as customers, and we know our customers expect this, expect you to know a little bit more about us. I want to see things served up to me that are relevant. Don't waste my time. I don't have that much time. And now I'm used to having relevant information served up to me in a meaningful way. And we think about that all of the time we're working on. I would now give a plug to Octane. We have our huge customer event coming up on October 3rd in San Francisco. And we're working on our digital nurture campaigns and we call them our digital backpacks. You know, for those who join us online, it's important that we know what you're doing, what perhaps you miss so that we serve you up something and not waste your time. Personalization as always, and will always be the most important thing that we do, especially now. Yeah. Tell me more about digital backpacks. Can you unpack that? (laughs) I can unpack that. So this year, if you attend Octane online, we will serve you up a digital backpack with information deeper into the sessions that you took, and then we'll map offers and different content that is relevant to what you are interested in. 
based on how much time you spent with us and what you were watching and participating in, we'll also serve you up access to some of our experts. So if perhaps you're interested in our workforce, we'll match you up with some of our experts who can help you. That's really cool. So yeah. those are for the virtual attendees, Correct. right? So you sign up for to go to Octane, yep. you you know go to the event, maybe you catch a few sessions, you miss a few, all of that stuff. And Correct. then and then at the end, there's a there, the ability to like know what you missed, what you didn't, and then you're Correct. continuing that digital journey like from Plus there. new content will serve up new things for you, customized just based on what you watched and what you responded to. And then of course, if we're lucky enough, if you gave us feedback of like, hey, this is really important, I want to learn more about this, we'll tailor a unique experience just for you. This kind of feels like a an obvious evolution of like where we where we used to be, but a bit of a, you know, changing of the guard for how content and events and brand were done in the past. You know, like I've said this previous on the show that I love the definition of brand as like brand is your customer experience, but also your buying experience. And, um, and so with all of this personalization, with events being part of this, with like being in the buying process, having it be, you know, one, two years now, especially with like budgets being tight, you might be in, in pipeline now for someone for two and a half years, how, the, how you get treated for those two and a half years is whether or not you're going to buy when it's time to buy. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. How, how are you thinking about like this, the new, new world? Yeah. Events. It's been interesting. Like this past year, I will say we've done a lot of testing. We've made mistakes. We've done some rebounding. I think we are constantly in a stage of iteration. Something also I'll give a nod to Salesforce that I learned was test, fail fast and rebound. And I think that events, it's really interesting. You said something which I totally agree with is that uh, events are, to me, the perfect acceleration movement, right? Where you're really nurturing and influencing your customers. And I think now more than ever, you kind of have to look at your programming and really start to ebb and flow and make the shifts that you need back to what I originally said, like based on where your company is and where your company is going, and what the trajectory of your company and and the needs are. And I think for us, I can give you a specific example. We've gone out on the road with different city tours in and around, all around identity, but we've had to augment that with very focused, small executive programming where we can really bring in our experts, our C-suite to talk one-on-one with our executives where where they're in a space where they can truly have peer-to-peer networking. And like I said earlier, listen to other customers. We have incredible customers like Neil Bolin from the MLB who just like takes people on this journey of what the MLB was facing with identity. I mean, think about all the stadiums, all the fans. So we've really started to augment our portfolio to meet the needs of our customers. So I think you always have to be in this change motion, change motion. I think you can't build your portfolio anymore, build your event, leave it and be like, this works and and just let it go. You can't, you constantly, constantly have to be poking at it and have to be making changes. Yeah. You know, to the identity piece there, it's part of customer experience. It's part of like, hey, I give you my money and you don't know who I am, obviously. One of the interesting things, again, working on the show with y'all is sort of how product people are now building, like starting with identity of like, we're going to build identity outward from there. Because like, if we're not, if we don't know exactly who you are, when you come to us, like every single time, then, then what, what good, what are you, what are you going to do from there? Right. Why are you going to want to do anything else with us if we don't even know who you are? Um, And I kind of feel the same way with marketing. 
Yeah. Where it's like, if you're starting with the persona of like, we are making this thing for you, whether it's a piece of content or an event or whatever, we know that you want, in, in the case that you're saying, certain prospects want to talk with exactly their use case, a customer, unfiltered with, without sales in the room. I just had someone reach out who wants to talk to Mora. Shout out to Mora. Yeah. CIOs want to talk to other CIOs. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that there's not cross-pollination and they're not learning and uh, learning from a CMO or learning from a COO. But there is a specific role and a specific, we know this, we go this through this in our own jobs of the troubles that you have, the struggles that you have. And CIO to CIO, that's where all the goodness happens. Yeah, that's why I, I, the, the show CIO Classified, literally, that <laughs> yeah. started because of that exact thing is I had the CIO of Okta and two other CIOs yeah. in the room. And after we finished recording, they were talking shop. And I was like, uh, this needs to be a yeah. podcast recording because all the stuff that you're sharing now is like amazing. But yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah. And then you get them together and, and all, all sorts of other issues came up. Yeah. You know, one thing that came up in when we did that CIO series, CIO classified was one thing that one of the CIOs always got asked from his peers was how do you get a seat on a public board? That was like the most common question that they got asked. So we made a podcast episode with a CIO who's on a bunch of public, public boards, a former CIO. And that's like one of the most popular episodes that we ever did. And, and it was stemmed from like real, you know, conversations that were being had that were being asked. And then we made content for it. And like we got feedback that it's like, oh yeah, I, I feel seen, right? Like yeah. I, I really wanted to know this information and like who better to know it from that person. And that person, she had never talked about what it takes to be on a public board before. Yeah. And like, again, that goes back to personalization. It goes back to creating something, creating like content or an experience that your customers like really couldn't get anywhere else. Right? I think this also speaks to the power of events or the experience portfolio. I mean, you think about marketing, there is no other channel that brings your customers together, seated next to each other, and allows them to foster and have those conversations. And as a team, if you're not paying attention and listening and taking little nuggets like that and creating content for them, and I think about some of the goodness that's coming out of Okta right now, you know, we are at the forefront of the identity space, trying to make it its own category. And from the events and peer-to-peer -peer networking and these executive programs, we know how important it is to continually position ourselves as a thought leader right. and giving our C-suite and our customers the opportunity to speak and share in that realm. And again, I don't think across the marketing channels, there is another portfolio that allows you to do that in the powerful way that events can or CECs can. It's that person-to-person -person connection that a lot of the goodness comes from. Yeah, we interviewed Melissa, the CMO of ClickUp, and we were talking about her strategy for that. And she's like, we are putting all of the like leaders in our team and other employees that are team like front and center in our content. And we're amplifying their stories. And, and that is like a core strategy for them. And it's so obvious in retrospect, because I think a lot of C-level content and events had not always been managed appropriately for a lot of companies. And mm -hmm. so I, and I want to dig into like your strategy for this, but like, I think it's an absolute winning strategy. And at its core, we did an episode of, of Pipeline Visionaries with Andy Nestor of First Up and like two of his uncuttable budget items were basically like customer stories and C-suite essentially, you know, thought leadership. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you get those out 
in, in digital content form and in events form as much as you possibly can and evangelize those stories. It's so obvious in retrospect, but if you go look at how people spend their actual dollars, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I would just rather dump another million dollars into Facebook ads. And you're like, I hear you, but like, go, go get like 50 more customer stories and I guarantee you that's going to work better. To me, customer stories are the one of the most powerful tools. I mean, I think about it. I love reading customer stories. They're inspirational. I mean, they just, it, it's, it's, it, this goes back to what we were just talking about. You have to be willing to make changes. You have to look at what you're doing. And I say like, look at what you're doing, change 50%. Yeah. You know, listen, the times are changing. We change. The way we do business is changing. Our priorities are changing. And if you're not making those changes, you're behind. In the format of customer stories, I think mm-hmm. that like back in the day when Salesforce started pioneering like the customer storytelling the way that they did, obviously at Dreamforce with the massive banners, putting okay. someone's face that's like 80 yeah. feet high, all that sort of stuff. The killer quotes, the banners everywhere, obviously putting them in keynotes, which is really cool, all of that. But I think that now, if you look at the best companies that are doing this, they're telling customer stories in like a bunch of different formats, a bunch of different channels. They're telling it in short form video. They're telling it in long form audio. They're telling it in in podcasts, uh, podcasts, (laughs) of course, in in visual formats. It looks very visually stimulating. They're doing Q&As. They're doing small batch events. They're doing larger events and activations. Like They are putting their customers as, as many places as they can possibly get them. And another thing that we're seeing is that a lot of times they can't get customer testimonials because the customer, you know, they can't get the agreements there, but they'll still put them into you know, things like podcasts or other digital channels. So at least their customers are talking. At yes. least the, like from their platform, their customers are talking. They might not be talking about their product, but at least they're starting conversations and that those accelerate into those like, hey, could you just get on a call and like, just tell me, tell me how it is. Tell me yeah. how Octo really is, you know, those sort of things. They're like, oh, it's yeah. great. And that stuff I think is, is absolutely a winning strategy. Yeah, I do too. I love that you called out, especially because we're sitting here at Dreamforce. I remember those years I worked on Dreamforce with the giant customer heroes. You know, again, that's a testament to Mark and his true love of customers and let your customers tell the stories. Our customer hero, customer heroes, trailblazers, trailblazers. And now it just feels a little bit par for the course. Like even when we go into an industry, if we're at Gartner, if we're at RSA, we do not do a session without a customer. Mm. You know, unless it's a very specific this is Okta on Okta, right? And we're going right. to explain to you the way that we're deploying Okta internally. You, ha- you need a customer there. You know, not only is it validating, but it brings the whole story to life. And you want a customer to talk about, hey, like, this is where we, we like, this was tough. This is where we, like, we fell down, mm-hmm. but this is how we rebounded. Like, that, that is, that's where it's at. Let's go back to the program building piece. For someone who's listening or watching and has not built the type of program that you have. How would you think about building an events program and a C-suite engagement program sort of like together as one joint effort rather than sort of trying to make it disparate? Because I feel like in a lot of companies that stuff gets pretty siloed. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's, I think first of all, when you're thinking about your C-suite strategy and your executive strategy, there's two things. 
I have found over the years through trial and error, you need very, very close alignment with product marketing and your CRO. You mm. need to understand what are our top goals, our top initiatives, and then you need a, through, a throughput and a through line to your customer marketing team to really start. You are sort of like on this mission to find all of the best stories. You've got to kind of understand what we're trying to move forward as a company. And then you need to take a step back and listen and understand what are the needs of this persona? So like, let's start with the CIO. I've learned a lot about CIOs in the past two years. And you need to start to build your program around what is going to move the needle for them. It's like you understand what your initiatives are, what you're trying to accomplish as a company. We're trying to make identity its own category. We're trying to introduce the world to workforce and to CIC. This is great. Now let's understand what the CIO needs. And that comes first. Right. Yep. We need to understand that. And then we augment that with our initiatives. And then in true program building, I think you have to as a marketer, you need to ask yourself, what am I trying to accomplish? Is this an influence move? Am I trying to be top of the funnel? If I'm trying to be top of the funnel, C-suite is probably not where I would start. You need to really ask yourself as a marketer what you're trying to accomplish and then start to build your program from there. And I think you need, in a C-suite program, you need to balance that with, I have my own internal flagship C-suite thought leadership program, but I'm also augmenting that with an industry presence. Where am I going in our case? Am I at Gartner? Am I at RSA? What's our presence there? Who's on stage? Who are we meeting, et cetera, to kind of balance out the portfolio. You know, one thing that we've learned with working with specifically CEOs and C-suite, like hosts of our series, because we basically our series either have like a C-suite executive from that team or a third party host that's like an industry leader or an expert of some kind that, that hosts the different shows. And so, or, or like a deep subject matter expert, expert in, that, in that field that, that works at the company as well. And what we have found is that they are so nervous to create anything that they say that could be wrong and to sound silly, which like 99.9% .9 of the time, they're not going to say anything silly. <laughs> like you're like, just relax. <laughs> it's fine. That, and they're so, so it's that. And then they're so worried about their time that yes. they want to be really protective of your time. Yes. That they'll often say no to things. But if you sort of show them what other executives, like, yes. hey, here's a CEO that we that hosts a show that's done 26 episodes over the course of the past year. This is the results that he has had. This is how he has done it. This is how he has prepped. This is how he's you know, prepared. This is how we you know, do all this stuff. That if you can show them that stuff, then they, they'll say like, okay, I'll try a few. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so easy to say no. But you're like, you are the best steward of information for our organization. Like you getting out and talking to specifically customers and prospects is really, really valuable. It's yep. more valuable than our, than our AEs talking to them yep. because like we can, we can scale your conversations. It's like, how do you get that executive buy-in? So I can give you a really specific example. We're now going into our second year of revamping our executive summit that we host at Octane. And last year we really took a hard look at it and we're like, this isn't, this isn't working, right? This is like, if this is not resonating, we're not getting the people that we want. And it's because the content's not right and the format's not right. And we're asking too much of them, especially after the pandemic. Right. 
people don't go places very much for three or four days. I know, for so real. So we, we tailored it down. It's a half-day program. It's for 50 people. It's by invitation only. It's private. Yep. And it is all thought leadership roundtables. Todd comes in. He talks about the vision. We bring in some customers. Sometimes we have analysts. And then they break off into table topics. And it is just peer-to-peer networking. And funny enough, last year we did a, a roundtable on sustainability. And it was one of the most well-attended for the C-suite. They wanted to understand what different companies were doing from their sustainability. Off-topic from identity, but from a company perspective, They don't have those moments like where I've got 35 minutes to understand what GE is doing about sustainability or Salesforce is doing about sustainability. It was super fascinating, but that is the way we positioned it. We're like half day with us. We're going to talk to you about our vision and you are going to get this private space to network with your peers, with CIOs, with CMOs, with CEOs, with CTOs, only 50 people all in. And it was really successful. A wise person once said, give the people what they want. Yeah. And it's yeah. so funny that listen as marketers, to them. Like, right, listen to them. we're like, yeah, we could do that, yeah, but we're actually just going to do it self-serving. And you're yeah. like, no, just give the people what they want, yeah, right. It's like I was talking about uh, about you know dream forces of days past and how I was running around with an expo pass. I was like, all I needed was <laughs> Wi-Fi and coffee, right? So I'm like, I remember going to the Optimizely booth back in the day. I'm like, bless y'all for this, for the coffee and Wi-Fi. And the bobbleheads. Yeah, right? I think, I think, weren't they the bobbleheads? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, yeah. That's one of them but, and like, that's the sort of stuff that you remember and it sticks with you yes. when you get your headshot from yes. Qualified Studios today. Yes. You know, a bunch of the Caspian teammates were all getting our headshots there. Like, yeah. those are the things that you remember. You give the people what they want and then they talk about it and they tell their friends. But, it, you know, that lesson over and over and over again they don't always just want to talk about the future of work or, no. you know, those things. They want to talk about sustainability. They want to talk yeah. about how to get a board seat. They want yeah. to get, you know, connections and just like rub elbow with people that they don't know and haven't worked with before. Yeah. Like, so, and it's interesting you say the half day event. Yeah. I mean, like, there are so few things the other, if I'm, unless I'm going camping, I don't want yeah. to do anything for three or four days. Yeah. You know? we, we've actually, our road shows now are all three to four hours done. And that's where we go across, uh, in, across the globe. They're half day. No way. Minus octane, they are half day. And that has been um, post-pandemic. We've done that. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, it just, it's just, the, I mean, it, it's the way it is. the way it, the world now. It's a hybrid work world. Yeah. You know, it, and it allows people to be online, be on their Zooms, get the benefits and the richness of being in, together in person, but not having to commit two and three days. Because I think the way in which we work now is so different than it was three or four years ago. So why, in, in the instance of, of having those 50 people there, these are obviously 50 very senior execs. What, what do they say after an event like that? What are you looking for? What are you trying to hear from them? What type of feedback is like good feedback? That is such a great question because, of course, everybody always wants to hear like, oh, that was great. We had such a great time. You know what? If you're doing a 50-person C-suite program, it's going to be nice. They're going to have a good time. What I want to hear is I want feedback on the content. I want to hear feedback on was the way we're presenting the vision and the future of identity, did that resonate with you? Mm. What was missing? I would much, and you know what else I would love to hear and I'd love to hear is these are the things I wish we had talked about, Mm -hmm. right? It's good to get feedback like that, especially from the C-suite. But on the positive side of that, what I really want to hear is this was 
time well spent. This was valuable time. Because if I can get a CIO to spend two or three hours with me, that's a huge ask, as yeah. you know, right? Or a CEO. Plus a couple the flight, hours, plus everything, everything else. Like if they're going to spend some time with me, I want them to tell me it's valuable and I would come back again. And or I would be a customer hero for me. Yeah, right. That's what I'd really like. You know, so that's one of the things with with the with video podcasts that we've yeah. seen of like how that integrates with events and community and and all that stuff where you have sort of that tiered ask now where it's like, hey, I'm not ready to do a customer testimonial yet, but I'll come on your podcast. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, I had a great time. And like, now we have a little bit more value. We've had the, we've been a customer for like eight months now. I'll do the testimonial for you now. Or like those are after renewal or whatever. And there's like this tiered relationship to those things that I think you can do now where it isn't all just like, hey, I'm going to slap your face on an 80-foot billboard. I mean, I think you guys do a good job. I mean, look at Qualified. I think they do a great job. If you guys pick up the phone and ask me to spend time with you, every time I spend time with you, I feel like this is valuable. I learn from you. I enjoy being here. It's true. It's a no-brainer. It's like, absolutely, I'd love it. I will make time in my day to do this. And so it's like, I try to put myself in those shoes when I think about my own customers. Yeah, me too. You know, it's like, is, is this going to be valuable for your time? It, 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 time, time is our, one of our most precious assets. Totally. Like it's, it, it took me, for me personally, having a kid to realize that the, you know, 9.30 to 1.30 event is now perfect because yeah. I'm like, I can drop the kid off and then I yeah. can pick him back up after, yeah. after school. Like that's the sort of stuff that like you have to be very empathetic and like yep. think through who you're actually talking to. What is their like, you know, age range? What yeah. are they looking to do? Absolutely. Like we, the, we, we were talking to, and I forget who it was. They, they did an event. It was a customer advisory board event. Was I talking to you about this? Where they oh, sent, okay. they sent, they did it somewhere really cool and they paid for their families to go to. And then it like went right into a weekend where like the rest of the weekend they just spent with their families. I'm like, that is so brilliant. Like yeah. if you're going to spend the money, if you really want to go after it yeah. and you're inviting really important people for you, like why not go the extra mile, right? Yeah. There's, listen, the old hospitality angle always works as well too. There is a benefit especially if you're trying to go higher up on the C-suite, maybe a C-suite you don't have a great relationship or a developed, I should say, relationship with. Right. We do some co-programming with Live Nation that I love doing oh, cool. where we will invite them to come spend the evening with us. And it's just, please bring your, you know, bring your significant other. If it's age appropriate, bring your children. We're going to see a show. And we're just getting at developing the relationship. Again, time well spent. Come spend a few hours. And from there, sort of embark on this journey with them. But to me, it's all about like, if they're going to invest the time, listen to them and make it worth it. Whatever angle that may be, if that's like a peer-to-peer thought leading trip, round table, right? It's, you have to think about that journey that you're putting your C-suite customer on from end to end. And like, what are the touch points in between and, and be thoughtful about it. In those engagements, what are reasons why people say no? Like, what is the reason when you are talking to a Fortune 500 CXO and they're just like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on the 50-person on the private event? Usually it's time. Yeah. Usually it's time. Like, just don't have the time. Yeah. Too busy. What overcomes that, 
objection? Like, what are the things that you can do to say like, hey, we're going to pack this with more something? I think it's content. And, and sometimes I think it's, it is knowing your customer and what's important to them. So for example, in the case of like, we're going after a C-suite that is just like busy, busy, is getting some one-on-one time with Todd, our CEO, going to move the needle, right? Cool. And And sometimes it does. Sometimes it's Alvina, our CIO, who I think you know. She's oh, yeah. amazing, right? CIO is like, she's got an incredible network. She is a powerhouse CIO. So sometimes it's like, listen, we're going to do this thought leadership. We'd love for you to participate. And by the way, like, let's carve out 45 minutes for you to spend with Alvina. And she's going to talk to you about Okta on Okta and talk to you about our journey with identity. And it's like, again, this goes back to, I love what you said. It's like, listen, listen to your customers. What do they need? And those are powerful moments, right? And if you're like, Todd will always make time for our customers. And those are the levers that we have to pull to get them to spend time with us. Because again, time is precious. Yeah, I think it takes a very methodical approach to figuring out what could move the needle for those folks and like, and getting very personal and asking them the hard questions of like, hey, if we did this, do you think that that would be really helpful? Um, I think a lot of people sort of outsource, not outsource, but insource that to like their AEs or people like that, which like are not qualified to be having those types of conversations. It needs to be coming from a peer. But like if Alvina asks the CIO, like, hey, what do you really want to know from this event? Or like, hey, what are you really freaking out about? Or what do you what do you really like want to be looking at next year? Like, hey, do you want more AI content? Do you want to just like meet new people you haven't met? Do you want to meet like are you looking for a strategic partnership or something? Especially if it's CIOs that are selling to other CIOs, like they always want to, they, like yep. the, that's like that's their currency, right? Is like getting yeah. in front of other CIOs. So being very thoughtful in the way that you ask them, like, what do you want to get out of this? Yeah, and I think you asked a great question earlier about, you know, how do you think about your program if you're going to build a C-suite portfolio? And I'll use Alvina. I'm a huge Alvina fan. She's, yeah, a, she's, men- she's a mentor for me at Okta. We spend so much time together. I do not build my C-suite portfolio in a silo without Alvina. Yep. We're, we're doing a new CIO program at Octane this year that she started. It was like was a seed in her mind. And we have spent, we like regular touch bases talking this through. What do you need? What is the content? Who should be there and why? Because if you're trying to build out a pro- program for CIOs, you should be starting with your own CIO. 100%. Listening and understanding was like, what makes Alvina t- tick? And, you know, how is she working within her network? And same thing for your CMO and same thing for your CEO. If you don't have a relationship with them or basic understanding of their needs, you need to be applying that to your C-suite strategy. Yeah. And and I think it's an absolutely, you know, best strategy uh, or best practice, as I talked about earlier, of like going one or two clicks below those people too into those VP roles or director roles, giving them a platform, giving them a a space and resources to have those conversations Absolutely. like on the digitals and, and in person yeah. and doing that stuff. Yeah. We've started doing that where we're, where we're looking at like, what is our director level content? What's our VP level content? What's our C-suite level content? How do those play into that? And especially in a space for us where like we see this and you're one of the people who are so interesting in this type of role where we see this like brand content comms events and community is this all sort of like intermingling, intermixing new yes. role that yeah. is like endlessly complex now. Yes. So it's like if those people 
might be the CMOs of tomorrow. Yes. Then like, what are the things like, what does a content marketer, head of content marketing need to do to be the SVP of brand, to be a CMO someday? Like there's not a track for that at all right now. So anyways, it's like that sort of stuff where like, okay, well, I need to create, you know, content for content and comms and brand and, and events. And like, where do these all like layer up and who are their heroes now? Like who are the people who sat in those seats that are going to those positions and like, if you're not creating with each individual persona in mind and then like, you know, nestling up to the C-suite, to the actual CMO who's sitting there, who's, who's doing it, who's living it, where they have totally different priorities because they're already, yeah. they're looking for public boards or they're listening, looking for something else. I love that. I totally agree with you. It is so interesting how those personas have become more interconnected than ever before. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's really changing and morphing and every year. And I think with, with the new workforces coming in, that's really changing and you have to be sort of paying attention and, and really thinking that through. And I think content, I could not agree more. Like there is a relationship. It's sort of like a reconstituted family of brand comms events, content. It's fascinating. And community, right? So you're like, well, all of these people, I, I, I love the idea of this. I'm, I wrote a blog post about this, but it's like there's your like communities, like your your total addressable community. Yeah. And within that, there's all these sub communities, like your cab, yeah. like your you know podcast audience, like your entire customer base, like your users, you know. And so there's all these different sort of sub communities within that, and each of them are looking for different things, and how you engage with them and is your very partners. different. Yeah, and your partner and ecosystem. Your partners, yeah. And so like all of those require different levels of community engagement and that you, and, and every single person from brand content, comms and events all play in each of those communities. We all touch them in different ways. Yeah. And I know, I know the way that's, that sounds the way that I just said that, but it is, <laughs> it's like, but that's also where you can run into trouble, right? Like if you aren't talking as this interconnected family yeah. and like, I'm com- coming at him with this and you know, you've got all, I mean, it's like, I'm serving him up content. I'm serving him up um, events. It gets overwhelming. And that's when you start to hear the no of like, this is too much, right? You need a unified strategy. You need to be working more closely than you've ever worked before. Before. We there's so many times where we have created a podcast where the sales team or the marketing team didn't have access to the sales team to be able to ask a customer to be able to do, you know, this type of engagement. And then you go direct to the person you want to do it and they're like, yeah, this sounds awesome. This is yeah. like really cool. Thanks so much for adding me to this. And then you're like, oh, well. You know, we were just nervous to ask them for X, Y, Z. It's like, dude, relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, yeah. just ask them a question if they want to be on a podcast. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. No, like, it's true. Um, but at the same time, it is a big deal if they've been asked 50 different times for 50 different things. For 50 different things. And yep. you're like, how many times do I need to say no, yep. <laughs> no to y'all? Yeah, that's true. And then they leave that company. You're like, oh, that's why you were saying no. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They get exhausted by it. Any other thoughts on on the C-suite engagement or, or, or program building or anything there? I mean, for me, to me, it's like C-suite engagement is probably one of the most important parts of our portfolio because that relationship with the C-suite it's just, it's so crucial. It's crucial in sort of furthering your endeavors in the thought leadership realm. It's important. It's 
very important because the C-suite moves around, right? We talk about this a lot of was a CIO at the MLB and then left and now is a CIO at Kaiser and I brought Okta with me. So I think just like thinking about and nurturing those relationships is very, very important. So I would just encourage people to think through that strategy and lean in on your own internal experts to make sure that you're listening to their needs and creating benefit for the C-suite. Can I tell you that I love that you use the term portfolio? Because I mm. also use that term. So I, I love guess that. I love that term. Yeah, it me is. too. My portfolio. I know. That, so that's how I think about it too. Yeah. And I've sort of asked different people like how they feel about the term portfolio or not. But but in marketing, you're making bets yeah. and those bets have different returns. Yeah. And your portfolio's job is to have an ROI and to have yeah. a return. And like different parts of the portfolio are supposed to do different things. So I also call it yes. a portfolio. And I yes. think about it I that look way. at my portfolio. This part of the portfolio, not performing well, need to make changes. This part of the portfolio, performing very well. Let's like ramp up on this. Yeah, I think about, because I also think about my portfolio is also sort of a total journey of the way that I interact with customers, you know, different touch points from a CEC, which is super important, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a customer or a C-suite who's willing to invest, like there's an investment where they're going to come in and spend half a day and talk about the future and talk about a vision, or maybe we're going to have them participate in a roadmap with us, you know, to how we're interacting outside of our own comfort zone, right out of our own flagship events and into the industry. You know, what are we saying? How are people responding to us, to our C-suite engage it? So I do, I, I think about this portfolio that I am like, it's like a puzzle piece that you're moving and changing all the time based on the needs of the company. Yeah. And it's like, if you, if you had a stock portfolio, which I know absolutely next to nothing about, but if you, <laughs> <laughs> you had a stock portfolio where there's, there's, you know, different stocks that are, are, different types of companies or things like that. They're like, oh, this this type of company has been doing really well or this type of content has been doing well. I wonder if there's like a similar type of bet that we could make be making in another place, right? For a different persona, you yeah. know. For Okta, we're uh, we're just kind of forging out into the CMO persona. Right. And which is a lot of fun for me, right? I know marketers. I am a marketer. I've spent my life working for CMOs. So it's it's a lot of fun. So you can kind of look at your portfolio across like the total journey. And then you can look at the different, you know, what I would do for a CMO radically different than what I would do for a CIO. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, like you, you have got to look at your portfolio like that and be smart about it. Yeah, can you explain CIC a little bit and sort of like what what this next evolution is and like how your go-to-market is slightly different for that than it has been in the past for Okta? Yeah, so CIC, our custom identity cloud, has really exploded with the, we purchased Auth0 which was a big competitor to Okta. So for us, workforce was our bread and butter for many, many years. And now with the sort of our emergence into the CIC platform, if you think about it, the most simplest way that I like people to think about it is think about your personas and your identity. I'm Karen.Flores at Okta. I have one workforce identity. That is my identity. But now think about Karen Flores out in the world. There is Karen Flores at Nordstrom's.com, Karen Flores at Tesla, Karen Flores says all the different ways that I am out in my consumer world. And what Okta is trying to do is simplify that identity and how, so making it as seamless, not only for the consumer, but for all of the companies that are, have access to and are managing my identity. So you think about, you know, us work, us consumer, it's huge. 
And when we are marketing to people and they have all of these different personas. Hundreds. I mean, think about it, hundreds. <laughs> and they also behave very differently. And Correct. you're... You know, you have your burner accounts on, on you know, whatever, and, and uh, you behave very differently. And one part of Karen likes to, you know, do karaoke. And, and, Correct. <laughs> and, and then business Karen likes to do also karaoke. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's so funny that we only market to business Karen. Yes. And then there's all these other versions of that person. And I yes. think that that's also part of it that's really exciting, too, that yeah we can start to expand our marketing efforts to get someone more interested. And you and I were talking about our, our show Murder in HR yeah. that, that before this, but like that was one of the impetuses for creating that show is if you, look, yeah, look. if you look at the Venn diagram of like how many people are in HR that also are interested in murder mysteries or true crime, Correct. the Venn diagram has a huge, huge Correct. overlay. And so you say, maybe we should create something that's, that's for them that's in that genre. Yeah. And like that is the sort of stuff that like customer identity cloud getting towards that Correct. that future where it's like not only to your it's easier for you to you know makes more sense of your customers, it's easier for them to come on, but also you can learn more information about your customers in yeah. order to provide a better customer experience. Yeah, I mean think about the totality of how you would understand Karen if you had a glimpse and a view into all of my different identities. And then myself as a user, when I'm using customer identity cloud, it's a it's a seamless experience, right? It's simple. I don't have to remember 10,000 passwords anymore. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I am ready for that. That's I am ready be, for that too. The, when our kids are older, they're going to think we're crazy. Like yeah, you had they won't. Like 500 passwords? Yeah, what are you talking they, about? They would. Okay, so any takeaways of sort of like launching such an initiative, like pushing into a category when you are running the portfolio that you, that, that you are running where it's something that is a different persona for y'all? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that I'll use the CMO as a good example. It's a little bit of a cheat because I do understand CMOs, but you know, it's, it's really tough. You have to spend the time and do the research. When you are, you know, uh, when I started Okta, I mean, uh, a lot of people are like, I don't even know what identity is. I'm building my own stack. What's identity? What are you talking right. about? So not only are you trying to educate on a fairly technical product, yep. you know, let's be honest. And then it's like, we'll use this example. Then you're trying to teach identity to marketers. It's like, you just have to really, this goes back to what we were talking about. You have to take your time. You have to do the research. You have to listen and you have to test, test, test. And you, it's like, we call it moving the rock. You've got to move the rock. It is one, it's winning over one customer at a time. It goes back to customers telling stories, right? We had an incredible customer, actually an ex-Salesforce marketer, Sarah Patterson, who's the CMO yeah. of Samsara, who's a huge advocate for Okta. And she was really the first CMO that was like, you know what? I love what you guys are doing. They're a CIC and a workforce customer. And she came on and we did an incredible conversation with her and Todd, our CEO. That was such a win and such a great step for us in the direction to be able to sit down with other marketers and other CMOs and have them hear from their own kind, right? When Sarah talks about it, it's like, oh, I get it, right? And she gives these incredible tangible Examples. So I think it's really about digging in there, doing the research, and just like going once. So you've got to get those small wins and you've yeah. got to break through. You have to talk to people the way they want to be spoken to and with the information that resonates with them. 
Yeah, when, when we were learning about customer identity cloud and sort of how transformative yes. it, it is and it's going to be for everyone. And it's one of those things that I think you just close your eyes and you think about the future is going to be like, you're like, of course, this is how every company is going to behave. Like, of course, you would want to be able to build identity into your products. Of yep. course, marketing, which now owns post-sale more than ever before, like how much of marketing is involved in this post-sale and cross-sale and all that, all that sort of stuff, which like didn't necessarily always used to be the case. Yeah. You look at like what Qualified has done in the, in, in the way that someone comes to your website and you know exactly who they are yeah. and they can talk to their sales rep in real time, how important that is and transformative it is in the pre-sales process, in the post-sales process, to know exactly who your customer is when they come to your website every single time, know what they've bought, know the information that they've consumed, all those things. Like, again, it's all going to be personalized. And so, like, I, I conceptually got it, like, right away. But then, but as a marketer, I was sort of, like, sitting there, like, wait, but what is sort of possible? How does this fit into my organization? We're tiny, but, you know, like, how does this fit in? And so, and it is so different from the workforce product that you have yeah. that it's it's yeah. a completely different side of the business. So it's yeah. been really interesting following Yeah, along. it's a completely different side and a new side, right? Like yeah. we are, it does, it feels like we are, we're, we're forging or, or uh, what is it, um, blazing new paths, that's yeah. for sure, to steal a Dreamforce <laughs> slogan. <laughs> and and blazing blazing it is yeah for sure any thoughts before we get out of here on 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 any of your uncuttable budget items i know we kind of talked through your your whole portfolio <laughs> but we got to touch on uncuttables you have you. to erase what i said last year because a lot has changed in a year saying. you know what this is the way i would answer it this year and this is really the truth i think you have to be willing to cut anything like i think budgets are tight like this has been this has been a, a tough year from like a macroeconomic standpoint i think we've all felt it. And I think the best thing you can do is be agile. Like to me, there is no such thing as a sacred cow. Yeah. You have to be more methodical and more prescriptive and more creative with your budgets. You know, you, you really do. You have to be willing to do more with less. But if I was going to say uncuttable, I would never stop nurturing our top customers and providing a platform, be that a live event or through my partners in digital or through our CECs for them to tell their stories, customer stories. I love it. Untouchable. Indeed. Our listeners, especially for marketers, go check out Okta's CIC, Customer Identity Cloud, if yeah, you haven't come already. Come see us at Octane. Yes, in October. Yeah, come to Okta.com, register for Octane. Hit me up for a free pass. Yeah, that's right. Hit yeah. it. We already know your email. Karen, any final thoughts? Anything to plug? You know, I just uh, thank you for having me here once again. I love it. I love talking to marketers. I love talking about marketing. And it's great to be with some old family at Qualified. I'm looking out in the audience and seeing them. But always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thank and you, congrats Deb. on all the podcast success. Thank you Murder so much. Murder and HR. I love it. <laughs> Thank <I'm> you. <laughs> and thanks so much for coming on the show again oh, for the second time. We got to bring you back. No filer, fire alarm this year. I know. I'm a little disappointed. I like the fire alarm. <laughs> but the takes were just as hot. <laughs> thanks again, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again to our friends at Qualified.com, a conversational sales and marketing platform that transforms the way B2B companies sell. Go to qualified.com to learn more.